We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's a Friday. It's the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. We'll talk some men's tennis. Nick Kroll coming up a little bit later on to dive into the huge match for the Sooners against Memphis coming up tonight. We also have Kevin Henry, the analyst on the Sooner Radio Network for Hoops, to join us. We'll preview the Big 12 tournament, and we'll talk a little bit about OU's win over Kansas on Tuesday night. But first, let's talk spring football, shall we? The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, joins us on the heels of Lincoln Riley's press conference, which, by the way, you can find in our archives at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Let's talk defense. Toby? Here's here's one thing that's very interesting to me whenever I see the the conversations about the, the secondary. What's it going to look like? You know, if are, are we a 3-14 now? And then in that secondary, are you set at corner with Motley and Brown and Norwood's now a safety? Or, I, I'm, Toby, that intrigues me, and I think you hit it on the head. We're not going to learn much outside of just alignment, I think, more than anything else whenever it comes to spring football for this defense, right? Well, I don't think they're going to show much in the spring game. I think, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of Lincoln – follows Bob's strategy of keep it close to the vest, um, be vanilla on both sides of the ball, and there's no reason to kind of tip off what you're going to do, especially with a new regime coming in defensively. So you're not going to see any blitzes, nothing extravagant, but you will see some, you know, you'll get a hint as to what they're thinking about some guys positionally. Uh, And I think you're right. I think it's Motley and Brown. Who knows? I'm sure they'll open up the competition and 
let them go at it? Do they let Buki contend to the corner spot? Um, uh, you know, is Norwood just as like you said? Is he just a safety now, or is he in there? So no, that be that will be interesting. I think it's also going to be fascinating to see how Brian Odom decides, or or what Brian Odom decides to do at that linebacker position. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenneth Murray does, does he move outside? You know, is Deshaun White a guy now that can plug a hole in the middle? Is is Levi Draper in that mix? What happens with a Caleb Kelly? And uh, I know Jalen Redmond's going to miss the spring, but I just think from a personnel perspective, and I, I thought the two most interesting things from Lincoln's presser, Toby, were the open, where he laid out some positional changes in the injuries, and the last thing he said, where he talked about being very open positionally. I, th- I found those two yeah. comments to be fascinating. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see some shuffling at linebacker, and that's just kind of uh, plugging into Teddy, really. Yeah. I, I know, we know how much Teddy loves Deshaun White. So I think they're going to find a way to get him on the field somehow. And maybe it's alongside Kenneth Murray um, and Caleb Kelly. I think Nick Benito is a guy who it's worth keeping an eye on. Do they figure out a way to get him a little more playing time? I know they're really high on him. So, um uh, yeah, that'll be, but I think Deshaun White's going to play. I do too. I think Deshaun Deshaun White's going to play. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see where that leaves a Ryan Jones and a Mark Jackson Jr. You know, you go back last year, Toby. We have these hits of camp over the last decade that everyone kind of loses their mind about. Ryan Jones was kind of in that mix last yeah. year whenever he had right. moved from safety to outside linebacker. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited this spring. What's bowl the is starting underway. offensive line look like next year? Well, I mean, I loved what Lincoln said about Creed being out during the spring actually might kind of help them to develop you know, a little bit more depth at that center position. But I, I couldn't even begin to tell you outside of, of Bray Walker on, on one maybe. side, maybe, maybe, right, right? It's really hard to tell. You know, you've got a, you've got a lot of options. I mean, they've, they've recruited really well. The theory you keep hearing is that they might – well, they're obviously not going to be as experienced, but they might be as as talented as they've ever been. So, you know, the Adrian Ely kid, who for some reason I keep trying to call Coney Ely, uh, <laughs> but which I'm I think I actually did during a game last year, and I'm still kicking myself for that. There's been a lot of buzz around him. Um, so I I don't know T. Rowe, names like Tyrese Robinson. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, that will be. Um a work in progress early in the year. But I think you've hit. I, I think Ely, Robinson, Walker, yep. Marquise Hayes. Hayes, yeah. Creed Humphrey. That might be the five, I'd guess, uh, off the start anyway. But. Good stuff from Toby. He'll be obviously all in on April 13th for the OU spring game, and he'll be busy before that with baseball and OU men's basketball, which is on the road in Manhattan. We welcome in Kevin Henry. The analyst on the Sooner Radio Network. And, Kevin, first and foremost, thanks for joining us, man. Good to catch up with you. We should have done this much sooner in the season. But can you take us through what it was like being courtside, being in the LNC for the big one over Kansas on Tuesday night? Chris, hey, uh, thanks for having me. No, it was a uh, it was a big-time game. Great um, atmosphere. Uh, the guys came out. They were They were locked in, as we like to say, from the start. And one of the things I always talk about is getting off to a good start in ball games, you know, and it's not just one side or the other. It's you got to you got to get off to a good start both both sides, offensively and defensively. And the guys made shots. I mean, think about how many times 
we came down, and, and Christian James caught the ball on the wing and did not hesitate one bit, raised up and knocked down his, his three-point jump shot. Brady Manick, same thing. I mean, those are things that you've got to do when you're playing a team as good as Kansas or, or I'll tell you, any team in the Big 12. I mean, you've got to play like that. Um, and then defensively, the guys were, were really um, – they followed the game plan. They, they jumped out on those ball screens. They, you know, doubled in the post when they needed to, forced a ton of turnovers. I think Kansas had – nine or ten turnovers in the first half alone. And, um, you know, those are things that that's, those are winning uh, plays. You're making winning plays, and uh, that allowed the Sooners to jump out to, you know, a double-digit lead in the first half and then just, you know, was in control the whole game. Kevin, how challenging has it been? And, and, and again, I mean, you're around this team more than anyone, so uh, – but to kind of figure out not just this team and the consistency of it, but this league, I mean – Last night, we watched West Virginia beat Iowa State, who we thought might win the league two weeks ago. Oklahoma State, who had five guys join the team as a walk-on, they go and beat Baylor in Waco last night. You know, it's not just, say, individual teams. It's this whole league that's been hard to figure out this year. Well, it's such a good conference top to bottom. I mean, there's there's really no, you know, cupcakes in this deal. I mean, it's, every team is really good. And uh, it just goes to show you, I mean, is this is such a tough league that, you know, we had our tough stretch and it wasn't about, you know, us. Yeah, we missed shots and things like that. But, you know, there's these are good teams. I mean, so it's not like, you know, when a lot of a lot of folks would say, well, you know, the Sooners are down or this, that and the other. It's like, no, 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 these are really good teams. We just got to we got to it takes getting our swag back. We got to make shots and stuff like that. I think, you know, any team can say, hey, when you outshoot the other team, you're going to win ball games. But, you know, there were games that we made shots, and it's just down to the wire, and, and you see a three-point game can go can go either way, um, you know, under two minutes to go. And so that's what you saw last night, and it's just a uh, – or at least in the OSU and Baylor game. And then, you know, West Virginia, I mean, they're, they're a really good team, especially at home. I mean, look at the teams they beat at home this year. You know, so it's just a uh, – it's a uh, it's a tough league, traditionally one of the best in the country, and uh, I don't think this year is uh, any different. I watched Tuesday night, and there's I'm not as smart when it comes to basketball as you are, Kevin, and I just see, hey, they're hitting shots, so it opens everything up, and that confidence gets going. What was the true in-depth thing you saw on Tuesday night that really kind of helped spur this team to another level? Well, I think there's probably a couple of things. Um Christian Doolittle's just his play the last couple of weeks has really elevated everybody. I mean, you know, it's just not just him doing well, but I mean, his teammates are doing well. And he's just, he's become that uh, silent leader, so to speak. He's not a real vocal guy. You know, he's not a rah-rah guy in the locker room or anything like that. But um, the way that Doolittle has played the last few weeks has really done a good job for us. And, and what he's done uh, or what the what the guys did on the floor is they recognize those mismatches and you know the the ball screen is such a dynamic play um, especially in in high levels of basketball college NBA you see every team at every level uses this ball screen and so what do teams do off of that ball screen you game plan against what are they going to do and so what what does Kansas do they try to switch four players meaning you know one through four goes out there they try to switch it well Dedrick Lawson was playing their four we felt like hey if he switches out on the enemy the enemy can take him or if if he switches and it leaves a little guy on Doolittle Doolittle can take him and so Doolittle's playing with such big time confidence that he could catch the ball no matter where he catches it about 17 18 feet and in 
he's like, I'm going to make a shot. I'm going to make a play right here, and it's going to take three guys to surround me. And then when that happens, then I can kick it out to my teammates. But other than that, no matter what Kansas did, you know, going a little bit in depth, those guys switched that ball screen out top, and they left, you know, Lightfoot out there, or they left a guard out there on Doolittle, and he had answers every time they did something. Doolittle had an answer for it, whether it was a short jumper, whether it was getting all the way to the rim, whether it was a floater in the middle of the lane, or getting fouled, which I call the best play in basketball. He had answers for every single uh, time that Kansas did something on the defensive end. You know, and speaking of having answers, he's had down the stretch this season quite a few. What's the biggest improvement you've seen in do from last year to this year? Well, he's just the confidence level. I think if you remember, do went down to Texas his freshman year and dropped 29. It's still a career high for him. He didn't he didn't break it the other night. I thought he was on his way, but um, it's his confidence level, and he's playing with such a high uh, level of confidence that he's able to not just pull up that, that jump shot right inside the three-point line, but, I mean, there's there's three levels of the game. Obviously, getting all the way to the rim and then scoring with layups and dunks and things like that, and then there's the floater, and then there's the, the, the mid-range jumper, you know, 15-, 16-, 17-foot jump shot, and he's able to score at all three of those levels, which not many players in this league can do, and he's one of them playing his way into, you know, an, an all-conference type uh, player and all, having an all-conference type season. In your opinion, how has Aaron Kalixty and Miles Reynolds in a short – and I say a short amount of time now. They only get one year. But when you come in as a grad transfer, it's got to be a challenge, Kevin, because it's almost as if you're expected to lead right away. You don't have a lot of time and the clock is ticking. But how have you seen them kind of matriculate themselves into things this year? Well, they've really just jumped in right from the beginning and brought a, uh, a level of maturity. Um, they, they really – hang their hats on both of them hang their hats on the defensive end coach calls uh Aaron Calixti one of the best on the ball defenders in the country and we know how good Miles Reynolds is on the defensive end how much energy he brings so I mean those those two guys have been able to come in here and fit right in you know not having Trey Young this year you know I don't know how many people figured he'd be a one and done so you almost figure having right. him again at least for a sophomore year having those two guys able to come in and then lead the team and just do the little things. Those are those are big things on a basketball team. Just the the getting deflections and and just the leadership stuff, and then the huddles and the the energy that you bring and playing hard and just being a a little bit of a veteran, having a little bit more savvy than than a young player like a Jamal Benjamin. I mean, having that those two guys. Think about Kalixti and Jamal Benjamin. What they've done playing together. They complement each other so much. And, yeah, you could start one or the other. They both have started, obviously, a ton of games this year. But I love having both of them on the floor because, you know, it makes you that much more difficult to uh, press, to trap, things like that. When you have two ball handlers, two free throw shooters on, on the floor at the end of basketball games, that just makes you that much more dangerous. All right, final thought. Uh, locked in as the seventh seed in the Big 12 championship, regardless of what happens on Saturday in Manhattan, which means you'll play the late game on Wednesday at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Either Oklahoma State or West Virginia. Kevin, do you have a preference for the first round of the Big 12 tournament between the Mountaineers or Cowboys? No, not really. And I tell you, it's more about what we do. You know, it's not about what uh, the opponent does or who we're playing and things like that. I mean, this group. As you know, it's really based on what they do um, themselves. And then the Sooners, if they come out and play uh, like they've played the last you know, few games, 
don't have a chance with anybody. But um, you know, it's, it's just it's a it's a coin flip. I know those two teams, OSU and West Virginia, are, are, are riding high. I mean, they're they're playing well right now. You know, haven't won as many games, but I tell you, they're still good. They still believe that they're good, and so you know, it's going to be a uh, both of those guys. Both of those teams are dangerous. I mean, they they both can play. They both bring different dimensions to the game. They both have good players. This is not again. There, there are no easy teams in, in this conference. So uh, I, I tell you, it, it could be either one of them. But my whole deal is, it's a, more about what the Sooners do versus their opponent. Man, I love that mindset. It's not about anyone else but themselves. Oklahoma, Kansas State on Saturday. Sooners locked into that seven seed for the Big 12 tournament, so they will play either Oklahoma State or West Virginia on the opening night at 8 p.m. All right, we wrap up the Sooner Sports Podcast with a, a guy who has actually had, had one heck of a season, and if you haven't been paying attention, you need to now. The men's tennis team is heading down the home stretch with an incredible run towards the postseason. We caught up with head coach Nick Kroll on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, uh, it was good to get two W's this weekend. Uh, I thought our guys really, really competed hard the whole weekend and started it off, you know, Friday night with Tulsa. We had a great crowd and appreciate everybody coming out for that and kind of built momentum going into into Sunday against Florida State and played a really good doubles point, and I felt like that really got us got us going. And then Florida State really battled hard and, and, and pushed us there in the middle of the match. And then, uh, you know, fortunately we had a couple guys get off pretty quick. And then, you know, Jake Van Emberg uh, won a big tiebreaker for us uh, to seal that victory 4-1. So, yeah, it was, it was a great, great, day for, great day for us. You know, you mentioned – it was funny. We had Mason on Spotlight this week, so I had a chance to kind of meet him and listen oh, yeah. to him a little bit. But can you kind of take us through his progression and what he's meant to this team so far this season? Yeah, Mason, uh, Mason was a blue-chip recruit. Uh, you know, I think he was number 10 or 12 in the country – coming out of juniors and and was really highly recruited and we were really really glad to, that he chose to come here to Norman and and then you know when he got here you know I think there was an adjustment period for him a little bit he had uh you know he's kind of always gone to home school and done done some virtual school stuff played a lot of tournaments played a lot of tennis but you know getting in here with a team and uh 10 teammates and new coaches and there was a little bit of adjustment period and getting used to the fitness schedule and uh one thing that's been really uh neat to see with mason is he's he's dropped about 17 or 18 pounds since coming wow. to campus so uh you know he he's really gotten himself in really good shape and uh you can start to see now the the the, the payoff for him you know it's interesting and not to obviously go off-roading here at all coach but when you get some of these guys in a strength program for many of them is I don't want to say it's the first time because they've all worked out, but how different yeah. is what you you expect strength wise, conditioning wise, is maybe what they've dealt with through most of their uh, youth career? Yeah, you know he he had done a lot of fitness. Um, he hadn't mm-hmm. done a lot of uh, strength and strength in the weight room, and I think gotcha. Brett, uh, Brett, our strength coach, has done a really good job with him. And I think it's probably more of the consistency of you know, getting in there uh, multiple times a week and, and the progression that our strength coaches put you through. And, uh, you know, the other thing Mason's done a really good job of is with his nutrition. I think that's another area when you come here to Norman. Um, we've got a great nutrition department with Tiffany, and, and they, they do a great job in the dining hall providing meals that can really help our guys uh, get get fit and ready for the season. Um, but, yeah, you know, for the freshmen coming in, it's definitely an adjustment period, and he's really bought in, and so so have all of our freshmen. So 
um, you know, Matt Rodriguez and, and Tane, and, and then our new freshman in January, Rafael Izquierdo. He's done a good job of getting in here and, and working hard. But I think it's a lot more than what they pray are used to doing, and, and then now they start to see the payoff. This is one of those questions, Nick, where you can laugh at me because it's so elementary and simplistic from somebody who follows your team but maybe not uh, getting to call the matches like I want to. Can we ever underestimate the importance of that double point and how big it is to get started with with winning that doubles point? Yeah, you know, it's really a momentum builder. Um, It's it's kind of a difference maker at the end of matches. in, you know, if you lose the doubles point, now you've got to take four out of six singles. And, uh, you know, we talk about that a lot against the, against the top elite teams. Taking four out of six is, is really tough to do. Um, we've actually done a really good job of, of doing that this year. We've lost the doubles point some. And, and we've been, been putting a big emphasis on doubles here the last few weeks, trying to get that point really uh, shored up. And, and this weekend, you know, we lost the doubles point to Tulsa, but we actually played better. And then we kept working on it, even the next day, uh, kind of getting ready for, for Florida State. And then we came out and probably played our best doubles point of the year so far. Uh, but now we got to kind of continue to build on that, and, and that's our goal. Uh, is to Our goal is to win that doubles point every time. And, and you've got to play with energy. It's kind of a, it's a race to the finish. You're playing one set to six, and it, it can go really quick with no ad scoring. So if you don't start quick, sometimes you can get down and it's hard to come back. Nick, I know this is year three, um, so I don't know what the carryover was like for Florida State, but this is the first time that you've – I don't know if it was the first time you've gone up against them, but it's the first win Mm -hmm. over Florida State. Mm -hmm. You were the associate head coach there prior to some of your time here at Oklahoma. Was it unique? Was it odd? Were there still some familiar faces over there? Yeah, it was the first time we've played Florida State uh, since I've been here. And, you know, their head coach, Dwayne Holtquist, actually – he actually played for him in college. Um, he wow. was the assistant coach when I was when I was in school, and then uh, I worked with Dwayne for twelve or thirteen years at Florida State. So he and I are really close. Um, you know, he's kind of seen the progression of my career as a player and a coach, and so that was the first time we had met head to head. And uh, yeah, you know, there was always there was some like, uh, you know, it was it's always kind of I guess kind of sensitive playing playing that. But you know, once the match gets started. You know, you kind of forget who you're playing, and and uh, our guys played really hard. Uh, we never talked about that uh, going into the match, but you know, after the match, they all kind of said, "Hey, we we wanted to get that one for you, coach." And and you know, they, cool. they played with the purpose, and that was really neat. That was really neat to hear, and neat to see them do that. So this weekend we've got Memphis, and it's a big deal because we'll be broadcast on Fox Sports Oklahoma Plus, so a live yep. broadcast in prime time at you 7 o'clock go. on Friday night. So that's got to be exciting, but take me through the difference this crowd can make because it's well-priced to go see an OU men's tennis match, <laughs> and obviously you guys can feed that's off right. the energy of that crowd. Our, our crowds are great. Um, you know, we we filled the building a few times, and I remember last year against Baylor we had about 700 in here, and. Uh, that matches on TV as well, and uh, those those crowds can really help uh, push the match over the edge, especially uh, when the crowd, you know, starts chanting "Boomer sooner." And and uh, when the matches get tight, I think it really makes a big difference. We like it when the fans come out and and be loud and and show a lot of energy. It really fires our guys up. And you know, we talk to our guys the same way as you know, we our guys have to be energetic on the courts, and and the crowd will feed off of the guys. So. Makes a huge difference. Hopefully we can get a huge crowd out against Memphis. They've got a really good team. 
Um, they always play really good doubles, and they've got a lot of good players. So we're expecting a battle Friday night. So a big weekend on campus. Of course, the softball team has really its final non-conference home series at home. You know, Sooners only have one conference series at home this year with the Baylor series coming up. But uh, sprinkle in a couple of midweek games, one game in the Oklahoma State Cowgirl series. So make sure, I mean, all tickets are sold out now, but do what you can to watch us, do what you can to follow us, listen to us on the Sooner Radio Network. Uh, it's quite a season for Sooner softball already, and our final home series gets underway tonight against Northwestern at 6 p.m. And the men's basketball team is on the road. Women's basketball tonight is in the Big 12 tournament as Sherry Cole's team plays against Texas Tech, a rematch of the tough loss earlier in the week. Sooners will play at 6 o'clock tonight, hoping to keep their season alive. Oklahoma State, by the way, playing tonight as well, too. If the Sooners win, they will play Saturday at 1.30 against Baylor. Get your tickets now at Big12Sports.com slash buy tickets right here in the heart, I guess you can say, of Oklahoma City at the Chesapeake Energy Arena. The tournament is moving to Kansas City next year, and I love what the Oklahoma City Visitors Bureau is doing. They want to send it out with a bang. They want to have a great show here for the Big 12 to say, hey, we know you're going to be gone for a while, but we want you to bring it back. So get out and support the Big 12 Women's Basketball Tournament, which gets underway tonight. Baseball's on the road. We'll have you covered all weekend long on the Sports Talk Network. That's Sports Talk 99.3 FM and 1400 AM. And, of course, we'll continue our countdown to the spring game. And what a week next week is going to be because – Pro Day, March 13th. Everyone who is anyone is going to be here, and we'll have a complete preview coming up on Tuesday's edition of The Game Plan. Until then, everyone have a great week. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to Kevin Henry. Thanks to Nick Crow. And until Tuesday's Pro Day preview, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.